September 1st, 2020. I can't believe of all those things, we got the date right. <clears throat> this week, Oops All Topics is broadcast live from Morton College Radio on 99.1 FM WZQC The Q. I'm not sure if it's always going to be that case, uh, but this week it kind of is. And uh, if you want speech class audio, you'll have to wait till Thursday. Uh, Oops All Topics, this radio show is presented by the Oops All Topics Network, reminding you to always lose your fear and find your voice. Follow or DM me on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok at the Jedger. Follow, share, or download the show at oopsalltopics.podmean.com. And last but not least, subscribe and review on Apple Podcast. Now, that should be, everything there should be just spelled the way it sounds, T-H-E-J-E-D-G-A-R, but... Back to the roots, you know, at October, middle of October, uh, Neil asked me to do a show, and I said, I'll do Oops All Topics, and then we had a, we had a few good months, uh, we were doing Oops Impeachment every week, and then suddenly the, the coronavirus hits, and everybody has to move, uh, move to their basements, and that's what I did, and uh, Oops All Topics went from a show that we do at WZQC to a show that we do at my homestead, uh, the cursing increased for sure. And uh, but not on this radio show. But now, I mean, I kind of want to get back to the studio because this studio here is way better than my home studio. Uh, so anyways, uh, if you haven't heard the show before, we just go down a, a bunch of uh, segments, uh, what's going on in politics, sports, my watch list, any sort of errors and omissions, and then maybe some sort of feature discussion. So anyways, uh, the errors and omissions for this week... Um, I want to, uh, and, and I always have errors and omissions for shows that I've done in the past, just so, because I always say things that are wrong, uh, being a live performance, I want to make sure that I, uh, I clear up anything that I say just off the top of my head. And so the first thing I want to talk about is that this show might not be something that I can do weekly. Um, with, the, with, with, with the schedule that I have right now, and I'm also like selling my house and also trying to buy a house, there just simply is not enough hours in the day for me to do all these things, and I really want to have a weekly podcast, and for the most part, I've been able to do that. Uh, we're going on, let's say, 39 or 40 episodes of Oops All Topics that you can find on oopsalltopics.podbean.com, but it's hard to do it like on a Friday night, every Friday night, or I wanted to do it Sunday night, last night, but then something came up. And so what I'm telling my listeners now, especially those of you that are listening now, is that it's not always going to be at the same time every week. I wish it could be, but do you know who also doesn't have like a schedule? The Joe Rogan Experience, uh, one of the most popular podcasts out there. Um, I know Sam Harris. He, like, he's a modern-day philosopher. He just puts 
podcast up whenever uh, whenever he wants. And so I think that's what I'm going to be. Uh, I think I'm going to be one of those podcasts that just shows up randomly in your in your podcast feed wherever you listen to podcasts, or I'm going to pop into WZQC uh, Neil uh, if, if Neil lets me, and uh, just present this show. And when you get it, you get it. Okay, it doesn't have to always be weekly. But also on my show last week, I talked about how there's I, I just don't understand Trump's connection with Russia. Like he lets them kill our soldiers. Um, he let them interfere in our elections. Um, he says that Putin says that he didn't interfere in the election, so he takes his he takes his words over uh, over the intelligence community. And so I'm always wondering, like, what does what does Putin have on Trump? And what I said last week was there's two things I think that he has on him, but I didn't give you the second thing. Just to give you some context, the first thing I said was he probably owes him a lot of money. We all know that Donald Trump is really kind of bad at running businesses. He's even bankrupted a casino, which isn't really hard to understand whenever you listen to, like, the bank loan that he took out. And he had to pay a certain amount every, every week or so. It was just a high-risk loan. Uh, but still, bankrupted a casino. And but he wants to, he wants to put this facade out that he is a big businessman, and so probably and, and this is all speculation. Probably what Putin did was just uh, gave him a lot of money and just say, hey, you know, run for president, and then you'll be forever indebted to me. And I never told you the second reason why I think Russia has something on Trump, and it's the P tape. <laughs> you heard of the Steele dossier? Supposedly, it's not been confirmed, but there's a video going around out there that. Donald Trump is doing some really inappropriate things with some Russian prostitutes in Russia. And again, it can't be confirmed or backed up or anything like that. But the, but the idea of it exists. If anything, you just read the Steele dossier. And uh, what's funny is that uh, Trump actually started the whole Steele dossier because he was getting oppo research on Hillary Clinton. And then this, this whole thing ended up coming up. So it was actually the... The, the Trump administration actually started the, the Steele dossier because a dossier is just like a, a laundry list of complaints about, like, your opponent. And then I, uh, I brought up Ron Rivera in, my, in last week's episode. I talked about how Ron Rivera has cancer, and I, I didn't know what football team he was coaching, but he did. he used to coach the Panthers, and now he coaches... The football team. <laughs> That's what it's called. It's called the Washington football team. And so it's just funny that, like, when you have these conversations, like, you'll literally hear somebody like Rod Rivera say, oh, yeah, I'm the head coach of the football team. <laughs> it's just so silly. They don't have a uh, mascot. Now, I heard that he, that Don, uh, what's his name, Snyder? Uh, Dan Snyder, he has a he has a mascot that he really wants to use for Washington to replace the Redskins, but he doesn't have the the patent on it, so that's the reason why we're waiting a year. And then, last but not least, uh, just once again, uh, our our triumphant return to the WC WZQC the Q uh, Studios. Um, every Thursday at one, you will get speech class audio. That is one hundred percent accurate. Every once in a while, I think on a Tuesday when I don't have class, I'm going to come in and try to do oops on topics. But again, it might just be whenever. But speech class audio for sure is going to be every Thursday at 1. And whenever I'm on WZQC the Q, you always know I'm going to be clean because I have to. All right, so let's move on to my watch list. 
Um, I've gotten away from television for the most part, uh, listening to a bunch of podcasts. Uh, my job is taking up a lot of time selling the house, buying the house, and whatnot. But I was able to watch the trailers for the DC movies coming up. I think there's one for The Batman and also um, uh, Wonder Woman. And they both look good. And it's one of the things that I miss with the uh, with the pandemic, uh, besides buffets, <laughs> is going to watch a movie. Like every six weeks or so, there's like a new Marvel movie or a, a new DC movie coming out or, or some movie with my favorite, uh, I don't know, with my favorite universe. And we just haven't had that since March. Uh, and the new world we were living in, it's just... It's gonna just going to start streaming. Like, what started streaming over the pandemic? Uh, the King of Staten Island, that Judd Apatow movie. Uh, Hamilton was streaming. And now the most recent one is going to be Mulan, where it's like they pumped millions of dollars, Disney did, into this Mulan movie to have a theatrical release. And then when movie theaters aren't open, what do you do? Well, you charge $25 for a uh, streaming right, and then you get Mulan. So that's where we're at. We don't have now playing. We have now streaming in, in today's society. Uh, but I digress. So, anyways, we might be streaming Wonder Woman 1984 and The Batman if we don't get a vaccine soon. And so, um, uh, the first one that I watched, Wonder Woman, again, I guess it takes place in 1984, and it looks like Kristen Wiig gets a hold of some, uh, oh, I don't know, some cheetah serum or something, but it looks like she kind of turns into this, like, anamorphic thing that Wonder Woman has to defeat. Uh, it looks like she's going to have the lasso of truth. And if you've ever heard, like, everyone just loves Gal Gadot, right? Uh, obviously, she's Wonder Woman. Obviously, she's aesthetically pleasing. But did you also know she's a Zionist? And so what is a Zionist? Well, a Zionist is basically somebody who supports Israel. And it's okay to support Israel, for sure. But what if Israel is doing some pretty crappy things, like what they usually do to Palestine? So I wanted to bring up an article that talks about, basically, uh, what, what's going on with Wonder Woman and being a Zionist. Uh, the night before Gagado thrilled fans with a surprise appearance at San Diego's Comic-Con gathering, the Israeli model and actress sparked a heated online debate about the fighting between Israel and the Gaza Strip. In a photo posted to her Facebook page, the Israeli model and actress can be seen with her daughter Alma covering her eyes besides lit, beside lit Shabbat, can, Shabbat candles. Accompanying the photo is a caption that states her support and prayer for Israeli soldiers. I am sending my love and prayers to my fellow Israeli citizens, especially to all the boys and girls who are risking their lives protecting my country against the horrific acts conducted by Hamas, who are hiding like cowards behind women and children. We shall overcome. Within two days, the post gathered 172,000 likes, 4,000 shares. In addition, it attracted 15,000 comments, both in support of the Fast and Furious star, soon to be Wonder Woman, and harshly critical of her in particular and Israel in general. Zionist and Israeli army is the biggest terrorist organization. Palestinians are facing ethnic cleansing ever since the Zionist Israelis started snatching land. What would you do if your land and home and everything you had been taken away constantly? Wrote one Facebook user. So that's all I really wanted to talk about with the Wonder Woman. So if you don't know uh, anything about Israel, I want to say that every citizen has to uh, serve in the military. That is certainly not like what here is in the United States, where you could just bypass the military if you wanted to. Uh, the only time we had to f we were forced into the military was during the draft. And so if Gal Gadot is from Israel, she's a citizen from Israel, and she joined the Israeli ranks as a, as, a, as, a, as a citizen in the army, and she becomes a military person, and then she gets out of it, and she becomes famous, and she becomes a platform, and she supports the Israeli military, 
then I'm not so sure that she's somebody who's like just destroying Palestine. Okay, that's what some you know Facebook users would say. And certainly, we need to be critical of Israel because Israel is doing some real dastardly things to Palestine. And look, I'm sure she's talking about Hamas. Maybe Hamas is sneaking into the Palestinian territories and doing some bad things too. But again, we can't be ethnic cleansing individuals. Uh, we can't be shooting individuals who are merely throwing rocks at us. But you can also support Israel. Okay, Israel is a really touchy subject where it's like, uh, you know, I want to be, I want to be, I don't want to be anti-Semitic, but I also have some questions for their corrupt leader, like Benjamin Netanyahu. He's just as corrupt as Donald Trump, uh, editorially speaking. And so, and even like Rick and Morty had had an episode about this, which is like, look, I'm not saying I'm anti-Semitic. I'm just saying the country of Israel has some explaining to do in some instances, and I think. When we break this down to like a female or like some sort of citizen in Israel, it comes down to Gal Gadot, where it's like we love her, she's great, she's freaking Wonder Woman, but she also supports the Israeli military, and the Israeli military has done things to Palestine that is not you know quite acceptable. So you know you kind of got to go in you know like supporting Israel, but also kind of like you know keep them at arm's length, and so on and so forth. So that's like the things that you ever hear about Wonder Woman. I won't spend too much time on the uh, the Batman uh, trailer. It, it looks like it's early in his years uh, where he's facing. It looks like either the Penguin or the Riddler where um, it's like a vigilante who's upset that Batman exists. And so Batman's going to have to deal with that. It looks like essentially the same thing that happened in The Dark Knight where it's like the Joker said, hey, you created me, so now you have to deal with me. And it's going to be another brooding Batman, like just so sad and so... You know, so dark and was like, I hide in my back cave all day. And while we're on the subject of superhero movies, because again, whenever I first started Oops All Topics, I had so many discussions about Marvel Infinity Wars, I'm sorry, Avengers Infinity Wars and uh, Avengers Endgame. But there's one scene in Avengers Endgame that I just don't like. When Spider-Man gets the Infinity Gauntlet, and he, he's sitting there in like a little ditch, and Captain Marvel comes up to him and says, Here, let me take that. I'll handle the Infinity Stones. And then Spider-Man says, hey, you're going to have to get through that, that, that battlefield. And Captain Marvel said, no, I don't have to do it by myself. And then suddenly every female in the Marvel Cinematic Universe shows up and helps her fight. When this happened, I did not have like the, oh, my God, this is so freaking awesome moment that everyone else did. My thought was... Wow, that was extremely forced. Because you're telling me, and if you've seen the Avengers Endgame final scene, there are just people everywhere. There's like five or six football stadiums of just fighting going on. Thanos is fighting Captain America. You know, Thor is fighting some, you know, big-ass character. Like, who knows? Uh, they're all fighting, like, these red coats and everything like that. And so it doesn't make sense that suddenly all the female superheroes are convulsing around Captain Marvel. And then I also found an article that kind of confirms what I'm saying. According to CheatSheet.com, the Avengers Endgame and why the most uncomfortable scene fell flat. Uh, in the movies, the A-Force doesn't really exist yet, but still, the scene in question was clearly drawn from the A-Force comics. In the comic books, the A-Force is basically the Avengers, but all of them are women. Since Marvel has plenty of female superheroes, the A-Force is a pretty big and diverse roster that includes the likes of Captain Marvel, Scarlet Witch, Black Widow, etc. The A-Force scene in Endgame was when Captain Marvel arrived. I've already explained all this. 
visually, like many of the scenes in Endgame, the A4 scene was extremely cool to watch. Many Marvel fans love watching their favorite comic books come to life, and this scene was a perfect example of that. That said, while this scene was simply amazing to watch, it did have its problems. Um, one Reddit fan said that it didn't, like, the female characters didn't have any time to kind of build relationships with themselves. Like, Black Widow doesn't have a great relationship with Captain Marvel. And let's say Gamora doesn't have a great relationship with, uh, let's say, oh, I don't know, a Scarlet Witch. So why would they all of a sudden just have a friendship from one another? Especially when Gamora comes out of nowhere and she's fighting with the other team. Um, it's, it's not always like that because Gamora and her sister uh, Nebula actually have a good relationship. And it's also two females that are, that are working together. Um, let's see here. Anything else I want to say? So I think that's it. I think ultimately just it seems forced. And also, why do the characters even know each other? Like, I know for a certain, like, whenever uh, Gwyneth Paltrow showed up in that, like, blue Iron Man suit, like, she had never talked to anybody. And that's my watch list. Let's move on to Sports Bubble. Okay, so Sports Bubble, if you're just now listening to Oops All Topics with Jason Edgar, Sports Bubble is my opportunity to talk about sports, what I find interesting in sports, and the reason why I call it a bubble is because that's where our basketball players are playing. They're playing inside a bubble, because if coronavirus doesn't get into the bubble, then you could play your sport 100%. And I've been talking about four sports throughout the age of COVID, college football, football, basketball, and baseball. Let's start with college football. Ohio State currently is ranked second in the national polling. But here's the problem. Their conference isn't playing football. (laughs) So you talk about a big snafu for college football where it's like some conferences are playing, some conferences are not. And in some instances, the teams around you are playing. Like look to example Ohio State. There's other football teams that are in conferences that are playing in the spring. I'm sorry, in the fall. You also have the Bengals and the, uh, and the Browns uh, playing football in Ohio. But for some reason, Ohio State, one of the biggest football teams in the state of Ohio, just simply can't play. So it just doesn't make sense. College football isn't going to make sense that year. And to further my point, according to ESPN, eight Nebraska football players are suing the Big Ten, I think it is the Big Ten that they play for, over decision to postpone the season. Eight Nebraska football players on Thursday filed a lawsuit against the Big Ten seeking to invalidate the league's postponement of the fall football season and to award damages. The suit, filed Thursday in Lancaster County District Court, alleges that the Big Ten is in breach of contract by not following its governing documents under which athletes are third-party beneficiaries. The athletes, according to the suit, have the right to expect the Big Ten will follow its own governing documents and all of its other rules, regulations, and guidelines, will not make arbitrary and capricious decisions, I'm assuming based on COVID, and when a vote on a decision is momentous as canceling all fall sports is announced, will conduct an actual vote. The lawsuit cites public statements from Minnesota President Joan Gable and Michigan State President Samuel Stanley and questions whether a formal vote to postpone took place among the Big Ten's Council of Presidents and Chancellors. Because here's the thing, the SEC is playing, so it's not like there's not football going on. And if you go to the University of Nebraska and you're a big lineman, that's the only reason you're going. I'm sorry, public speaking class that I teach. The football players aren't, want to go to, aren't going to want to go to class when they went there to play football. So, again, just a big old snafu happening uh, in, in college sports this year. Uh, football. Uh, we don't know just yet how football is going to handle it, but, again, um, they are paid to do it. Uh, they can opt out. 
and they seem to be following protocol. I don't have HBO, so I can't follow Hard Knocks, but apparently on Hard Knocks, they've been talking about all the protocols that all the football players have to go through, even to get to practice and get to scrimmages and things like that. So I think we're going to have football, and there are going to be COVID cases, folks. We've got to get out of the habit of thinking to ourselves, we have to have zero cases. Sure, you could do that if you're a small sport like the NBA, and you can play in a bubble that's the size of like, you know, 10, I don't know, the Epcot Center or Walt Disney World or whatever. But you can't do that with football that has like thousands of of people that play the sport. Okay? So what's going to happen is the NFL is going to play football. They probably won't have fans in it. And there's going to be some players that get COVID-19, and that's okay. All right? Think about when the Miami Marlins and the St. Louis Cardinals contracted the, the coronavirus and they couldn't play baseball. So what? They'll just make up the games, right? So in our society right now, we've got to get out of the habit of wanting our sports to be perfect, wanting our educational systems to be perfect. Like Morton, where I'm sitting at right now, we have certain protocols in place, and we're going into week two. And even though like the student body and the faculty body is like 87% decreased, people are here, people are working, people are educating, and if we get a coronavirus case or two, like, we wish those individuals well, but we got to move on. We, we just, I, I am all for public health. Like, I, I choose public health over the economy 10 times out of 10. But we can't be extremely crippled and handicapped because of the coronavirus and one person getting one case. We certainly have to take care of the individuals that are in nursing homes, that are, uh, that are immune, that, that don't have any sort of immunity to it. Uh, what's it called whenever they are, they're prone to getting it are elderly individuals, people with, like, uh, respiratory problems anyways, of course, don't put them in the line of fire. But people I've been talking about, like young college students, uh, professional athletes, younger professors who could probably get the virus and survive it, that's what we should be kind of gearing, gearing towards. And speaking of going to work, I just want to remind you that you're listening to Oops All Topics, presented by the Oops All Topics Network, and today and today only on 99.1 FM, WZQC, the Q. No matter where I'm at, I'm always reminding you to lose your fear and find your voice. You can also follow or direct message me on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok at the Jedger. Follow, share, or download the show at oopsalltopics.podbean.com. And last but not least, subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts. More sports bubble. Uh, do I even want to talk about the sports bubble? Um, of course the Blazers lost. Like, if you listen to my show a couple weeks ago, I said, it is a lock. The eight seed is going to beat the one seed, and they're going to make it all the way to the finals. And that is why you cannot take sports advice from me. Because if I tell you that the Chiefs are going to lose to the Ravens, they're not going to lose to the Ravens. If I tell you that the that the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl, they're going to lose in the, in the divisional round. I just, I'm not great at sports predictions. And honestly, who is? The best sports predictors, they're right 56% of the time. Okay, if you're, if you're right 56% of the time, you could potentially make a living betting on sports. Uh, but I think the sports bubble in, in basketball was pretty much overshadowed by the Jacob Blake shooting. Um, and, and NBA players have just had it. Like, you know that the NBA ha- NBA players have a lot of leverage because look at what's happening in the bubble. For starters, they're playing because they want to. Second of all, it's, it's just inundated with, like, slogans like Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe 
on people's jerseys and on the basketball court. And it, there's even, like, bumpers before you come back to the basketball game that says Black Lives Matter and stuff. And I'm totally in support of that because the, the NBA is mostly made up of people of color. Uh, the, their most famous players are all black. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Charles Barkley, you name it. The most famous white guy is, like, Larry Bird, and he played, like, 80, like two, 20 or 30 years ago. So you can't be just shooting people of color in the streets in a higher percentage than white people, and the, the, the NBA basketball players are not going to put up with it. They're going to say, you know what, we're not going to play for you. And this is, this is going to be sports in the future, folks. Like, we can't be going around saying that black lives don't matter, but we also, you know, watch them on television. They could just pack up their ball and leave, folks, and they could become more socially aware. Like, LeBron James is big on political activism. He, he will stop playing basketball, and he will tell you that black lives matter, okay? Um, they ended up continuing to play basketball because um, it gives them a platform. Like, LeBron would not have a platform if he didn't play basketball. Uh, uh, Kyrie Irving wouldn't have a platform if he did not play basketball. And so what I think they should do is they should just permutate and do both. You have some sort of tweet or a discussion before the game. Uh, maybe halftime, you continue a Twitter discussion. And then at the end of the day, at the end of the game, you do a press conference and you talk about the social issues. You can do both. You can walk and chew gum at the same time. And then last but not least is baseball. And it's like, who's watching? <laughs> baseball is back and like people are like, who cares? I, we didn't even know it was off. They're interesting, too, because they have, like, cardboard cutouts, and uh, they're pumping in, like, fan noise. And even living here in Chicago, it's like the Cubs are doing really good, but again, no one's talking about it. Like, I'm deep into Chicago lore. No one's talking about Cubs. No one's talking about White Sox. That's, that's my team right there. The only thing I know about the Cubs is that Craig Kimbrell... Uh, their closure, who they spent a lot of money on, is not doing very good. You should watch Craig Kimbrell uh, pitch, by the way. Like whenever he starts his uh, his rotation, he puts like his hands up, like he's like some sort of monkey, and then he like throws. It's really intimidating, but apparently not this year. Okay, now it's time for everyone's favorite segment: the second wave, Corona, baby. And actually, I feel like this wave has crested a little bit. So we started with oops, impeachment. And then that transition to Corona Corner. And what's so funny is, like, you think Corona Corner is going to be a segment for just, like, three or four weeks. And it's like, nope, this is the new normal. <laughs> but then it dissipated a little bit. So we ended Corona Corner. And then it came back in July. Remember in July, the huge breakout of, of coronavirus? So I created a new segment called Second Wave Corona Baby. And we're about ready to end it. But you know what? I don't think we're ending coronavirus. I think there's going to be a third wave. We're not going to call it third wave Corona Baby. We'll call it something else. Coronavirus, the flu edition. Uh, so what I wanted to talk about today is, um, well, the University of Alabama had a massive outbreak. Uh, it just seems like random random schools are having these outbreaks. Like, you never put UNC, Chapel Hill, Notre Dame, and the University of Alabama in the same sentence, except those three schools have either had a large outbreak of coronavirus or, um, or they had to switch completely to online. Uh, if you look to Morton College, uh, myself, like I have face-to-face classes that are capped at 10. 
I have online on a schedule, and I even have an asynchronous class. And I also have a class that starts late, just in case. Now, asynchronous, I don't know why they changed just 100% online to asynchronous. I'm sure there's a reason for it. But that's pretty much just like you have a class, and you kind of, like, correspond with them throughout the week. But that is just the world that we live in. Like, last semester, I had six face-to-face classes. Now, this semester, it's, like, two face-to-face classes, three online on a schedule, one async. Like... And it's just patchwork policy absent federal leadership. Like, we don't know what to do. The high schools don't know what to do. The colleges don't know what to do. So thank God, you know, we have school nurses. We have our own administration. We have our own governance. We have our own provost. So we know what to do. And thankfully, the people at Morton College didn't depend on federal leadership. They kind of took their cues from state leadership, like Lori Lightfoot and J.D. Pritzker, and we're doing our things. And honestly, as a Morton person, I think they're doing a good job. I like I have no fear coming to school. And one of the reasons is, is like only 13% of our entire school population is even here. Like when I'm walking from class to class, there's just no one in the building. There's just no one in the building. And when I get to my class, it's like it's cut in half. And there's no one in their office hours because office hours are virtual. So school has just like completely, completely changed because school is a social activity. The coronavirus killed all of our social activity. What did I mention earlier? Buffets, movie theaters, I could go on and say casinos, baseball games, any sort of sporting activity. If you want to be social, you can't live in 2020. Otherwise, you're going to get the coronavirus. Um, I didn't have much to say about the politics of science, but you can only imagine um, that since this has began, um, President Trump has been pushing hydroxychloroquine. Uh, there was one thing that was a good remedy, remdesivir, but he didn't really push that. Uh, you remember one time whenever people said he pretty much told us to drink bleach uh, or put light on the coronavirus? And uh, then there was another one that was called Olympiad, I think, or something like that, or, or Olympiad or something. And it was, liter- it, was, it was pushed by the MyPillow guy. And it was literally a poisonous plant. Literally a poisonous plant. So it's like you can't agree that those things are good whenever they don't work. That's the reason why we have time trials and tests and things like that. It, you're not, we're not just going to get a miracle cure, like, out of nowhere. Much like we don't have a cure for AIDS right now. And have you ever equated HIV AIDS to coronavirus? We might be in in an endemic where it's never going to go away and we just have to get used to it. But again, at the beginning of the pandemic, coronavirus ran your life. Nowadays, it's a little bit more of like a, um, a frustration. But, you know, when was the last time you even thought about HIV AIDS? When was the last time you ever, like, you hear about it on the news every once in a while, but we eventually get away from it. Now, true, it's way easier to catch coronavirus than HIV, but still, like, not quite going away. And so the politics of science is like, if we are pushing for a vaccine so Trump can say that he found a vaccine and thus he wins, but what if we don't go through the proper steps of that vaccine and then it doesn't work or it makes something even worse? And it's like, when do we want to make the vaccine? And he's also been pushing the FDA and the CDC to go faster because that's exactly what he wants. He wants to be the pre- president who finds the COVID vaccine. And thus the reason why science can even be politicized. Uh, the bright side of COVID, I always have a sub-segment in my coronavirus segment where it's like, here's the bright side of what we're going through. And I think that what we're experiencing, because people are getting so used to it, 
is that we're really li li uh, living in a Zoom generation, and I'm not sure it's going away. Um, I am kind of like the, uh, I don't want to say alleged chair, but I'm the vice chair of the curriculum committee, and we meet today at 3.15, and we meet face-to-face. -face. So you can go to this meeting face-to-face, -face, but what am, I, what am I committee members doing? Oh, I want to Zoom in. Oh, I want to Skype in. Oh, I want to do Blackboard Collaborate. I don't want to be there. That's going to be kind of like the future moving forward. You might not, you know, let's say things get back to normal, but Zoom is still there. You can Zoom with somebody across the country. You can be in a meeting with somebody that's three states away from you. You could take a class and never leave your, never leave your bedroom. So there's going to be a little mix of that whenever things get back to normal where it's like you'll do the activities that you really want to do face-to-face but something like, I don't know, a curriculum committee meeting when I'm 40 minutes away and it's the only thing I have to do that day, why don't I just zoom in? Things that don't require audience participation, like I'm sure Stephen Colbert, who does The Late Show, I'm sure he wants to get back to face-to-face -to -face because he feeds off that humor. But if you're just talking about some sort of meeting, why don't you just do it on Zoom? That way people don't have to leave their, leave their houses. And you think that people are gonna are, are, are who set up these elaborate studios in their houses that just show like their Zoom box that's like nice and pretty and they have awesome background and they have an awesome microphone. They're just gonna pack that stuff up whenever the coronavirus is over. No, I think we are in a new Zoom generation. And from a communication professor, I will tell you that this is appropriate because. The channels of communication that you have are either face-to-face -face communication or computer-mediated communication. That's it. And so you can either have your meetings where learning via Zoom, face-to-face, -face, or computer-mediated, which is a combination of the two. You still get my face, but it's computer-mediated. And I don't know about you, but every sort of video that I, that I, that I see myself on, the video looks clean. Um, last night, I did hold a, collabor uh, a Blackboard Collaborate class, and Blackboard Collaborate did fail twice. And so it did lead to some interference in my public speaking class, but it didn't this afternoon. And so we just have to hope that the technology keeps up with us, and, uh, and, and I, I really feel like Zoom is simply not going away. And you can join my Blackboard Collaboration class at Morton. And speaking of which, they are our presenting sponsor today, Morton College. Did you know that Morton College offers 17 associate's degrees in applied sciences, five transfer program degrees, and 40, count them, 40 career certificates, including programs like forklifting, pharmacy, welding, and vet tech. Not to mention the numero uno nursing program in the Chicagoland area. That's number one. Morton College is, is excited to offer day, evening, online, and hybrid courses during the fall, summer, and spring semester to meet the demands of your busy schedule. And we can unpack that even more. You could do online on a schedule where you Blackboard collaborate with your professors once a week, and then the rest of it's online. It could be asynchronous. So Morton has, has met the coronavirus head-on and will give you the classes that work for you. So... Whether you're looking to transfer to a four-year school or earn credits towards your career, Morton College has the classes and schedule for you. So for more information, please call 708-656-8000, look us up on Facebook, or visit www.morton.edu.
All right. With my last few minutes here, I want to talk about, uh, I have a segment called Election 2020, but that's also going to feed into my feature discussion. I'm not going to have any weird science this week, uh, sad to speak. Actually, you know what? I do have some weird science. Let me do the six feet apart. Part of my, um, part of my election discussion is always just kind of like talking about what Trump is talking about. And um, the mayor of Kenosha does not want him to visit. The governor of, of the state does not want him to visit. But Trump is going to visit Kenosha soon. I don't know why he's doing this, because he seems to be taking the side of the shooter who is shooting uh, protesters. Um, but that but that's his, his – there are people dying at these protests. And that sounds like stuff that happens in Russia and North Korea, folks. Okay? Because think about what happened. First off, we had Jacob Blake, who was shot seven times. And it doesn't matter if he was reaching for a knife or not. He gets the right to a fair and speedy trial. You can't just shoot people in American society. They have a right to a fair and speedy trial. Okay? So let's just... It's there right there. He did not need to be paralyzed or killed uh, just because for whatever he was doing. Right? We have, we have due process. Okay? So then, you know, riot, or, uh, protesting breaks out, and I really hope that the audience that I listen to is, ob- or, I'm sorry, that listens to me, is objective enough to separate the peaceful protesters from the rioters and uh, looters. Joe Biden does that. Joe Biden says, I support peaceful protesters, but looting is not protesting. Uh, setting fires is not protesting. So the Democrat gets this, but the Republican Trump does not. Uh, He's taking the side of the person that uh, I'm not sh- quite sure his name. I really don't want to give him uh, credence on my show. But he went, he, and he's from Illinois. He drove up to Kenosha and started shooting peaceful protesters. Like, folks, you can't do that. Like, people have the right to protest in America. It's what makes America great, if I can steal that rhetoric for just a second. The fact that we can be at war and, and protest against that same war is a great thing that most countries don't have. You can't protest in Russia. And that's the reason why they have things like, um, even Vladimir Putin just uh, recently poisoned uh, somebody like in opposition to him. Or uh, you, cannot, you simply cannot be gay in Russia. You cannot hold hands. You, cannot, you, just, you just cannot express yourself homosexually in Russia because you will get arrested and potentially killed. Okay? And you certainly can't protest that because you will get thrown in jail. Uh, Trump wishes he had this sort of power, but he doesn't. We live in a, in a, in a, in a country full of protesters, and it's probably not going to go away whenever Trump be, uh, is no longer president. If Joe Biden becomes president, there's going to be protests, uh, and there's going to be counter-protests, and that is just what our society does. Like, the, the Boston Tea Party was a protest. Uh, there was massive uh, protests um, speaking of the Tea Party, in 2009 and 2010, whenever Obama pushed the Affordable Care Act, there were Tea Party um, uh, protests. Then there's, then there's uh, clashes in Portland where you have peaceful protesters, and then you have a Trump, tr- Trump truck caravan, that's hard to say, where it's tons of people in big trucks waving like Confederate flags, American flags, Trump flags, driving through the protests. And you know what this looks like? It looks like ISIS, because ISIS did the exact same thing. And what what message is the truck caravan trying to push in Portland? They just want to hurt protesters. They just want to hurt liberals. They want to put they want to hurt people that are anti Trump. Folks, it's okay to be anti Trump in America. 
Just like it's okay to be anti-Obama. You can be against giving people health care, much like people can be against building a wall between the U.S. and Mexico. Okay? But you can't go and just drive through protests. And here's the thing, folks. What if you were protesting and some liberal drove through that protest? You wouldn't like it very much, would you? And the person that was killed in Portland was a, uh, I want to say a Trump supporter, but it's like, look, there are clashes. And both sides are going to have bloodshed. We had a Republican-type person die at a, at a protest today, uh, this week, and then we had two liberal-type protesters die. So both sides are dying, and it's like, for what? Like, 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 even Jacob Blake didn't die, like he got paralyzed, but we're dying because we don't agree with protests? And this is Trump's America. Like he said during the RNC that like this is what's going to happen in Biden's America, but the truth is this is Trump's America right now. I'm not sure he gets that because we don't know what Biden's America is going to look like because we just haven't we haven't lived up to that point. Uh, I will skip weird science because I do have to uh, wrap up here pretty soon. But speaking of the RNC, that's the Republican National Convention. Um, I did the same thing in my last uh, Oops All Topics show where I broke down all the speakers into three words. And what I want to do is I want to take some of the speakers that spoke at the RNC and I want to give them three words about their the performance. Look, I have a few here. And the first one is going to be Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is a former U.S. ambassador under, Trump, under the Trump administration. She did it for a couple of years and then she, 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 she left the, uh, the administration. She left on good terms. Which tells me in three words that Nikki Haley is first female president. She's going to push, uh, she's going to make a presidential run in 2024, I guarantee it. Because she's young, she's female, she has international experience that she's going to bank on, and Trump likes her. So the conservatives are really going to enjoy Nikki Haley and what she brings to the table. And they might be the first, uh, the first party to have a woman as president. Uh, Mike Pompeo's speech. And keep in mind that Mike Pompeo is Secretary of State. His speech was very much illegal. You can't give a speech if you're an acting chief, uh, uh, not chief of staff, but uh, Secretary of State. Like, you are ongoing and working. And so anything that Mike Pompeo says is going to be very much illegal. Let's move on to Don Jr. Here's my three words. Zero cred, Jr., so that's like three words and a comma. Um, this guy has no credibility. Like, he just shouts randomness. Um, he seems to think that Hunter Biden got $1.5 billion from Ukraine. Not true. Um, he supports his father. And that's the reason why he has zero credibility. Like, it's like my, my son Frankie, who supports me. Well, of course Frankie's going to support me. I'm his freaking father. He's not going to say a bad word about me. So that's the reason why Don Jr. has zero credibility. Uh, he doesn't have a job. Like, the only job he has is just owning the libs on Twitter. And so when he becomes, if he decides to run under his dad's name for president, it's not going to be the same because Trump is, quote-unquote, a businessman and a real estate developer. And all Don Jr. was, besides having the same namesake as him, is ride his dad's coattails. So I don't think that Don Jr. has a lot of uh, credibility. In fact, he has zero cred, Jr., now, let's do the RNC roll call. You know what I'll say here? Very, very white. <laughs> so they went around to every state, and they had one representative say, we're voting for Donald Trump, 
And I don't think there was one person that was a Hispanic or an African-American or even an Asian that was supporting Donald Trump in the RNC roll call. Speaking of very white, Mike Pence. (laughs) My three words for Mike Pence are promises kept, LOL. Because what he did was talk about all the things that Donald Trump accomplished. And he may be dog-whistling individuals by saying he has put Supreme Court judges on the bench that uh, support, uh, that are pro-life and support your right to uh, a Second Amendment. But I would say that his Supreme Court justices, Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, have not agreed with Trump on a lot of things. It, It actually becomes pretty big news whenever they don't, even to the point where Trump is tweeting, I don't think they like me. So he hasn't really kept his promise on delivering really good Supreme Court judges that are going to support Republican presidents. Um, There is no wall. There's no wall. And he said he would build the wall. So he didn't keep that promise. Um, He didn't throw Hillary in jail. He didn't drain the swamp. Um, The only thing he really did as far as like a big policy change was he changed the tax system where it actually benefited rich people. He reduced the corporate uh, the corporate tax, which agreed should be reduced, but it, it costs the country trillions of dollars. It's just more money that we're not going to get from corporations. So so email me like or, or or message me direct message me on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, and tell me what promises hardcore promises has Donald Trump kept. I'll listen and I'll even I'll bring them up in my errors and omissions segment like I always have. Uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle. So she became extremely popular during the RNC because she was screaming in an empty room. And that's my three words to her. Empty room, sis. <laughs> and again, she's dating John Don Jr. So what credibility does she have? Now, what's fascinating about Kimberly Guilfoyle is that her ex-boyfriend is Gavin Newsom. The freaking governor of one of the most liberal states in the country, California. And then she rebounds with Don Jr.? conservative? I don't get it. Ivanka. i got to talk about Ivanka, right? Carrying family name. If another Trump is going to win the presidential election, it's going to be Ivanka and not Don Jr., not Tiffany, not Eric, and not Barron, and certainly not Melania. It's going to be Ivanka. She's got good stage presence. Um, She's Jewish, so she has that intersectionality. She's married to Jared Kushner. And so she just looks more presidential than her, than her brothers and sisters. And they, th- they fancy themselves as a political family. So a political family like the Bushes, like the Kennedys, like the Adams and, and the Clintons and whatever, they got to win more than one election. So who's going to win this election, for upcoming election, if it's not Don, if it's not Don Jr. or Eric? It's probably going to be Ivanka Trump. And that's it for my show. Thank you all listening on 99.1 FM, WZQC, The Q, broadcasting live from Morton College Radio. This is Oops All Topics. Oops All Topics is also presented by the Oops All Topics Network, reminding you to always lose your fear and find your voice. Follow or direct message me on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok at the Jedger. Follow, share, or download the show at oopsalltopics.podbean.com. And last but not least, subscribe and review on Apple Podcast. You may or may not hear me next week at this time on Morton College Radio, but if you're hearing me for the first time, download Oops All Topics on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Over the next few weeks, my future discussions are going to be how the cure for COVID is going to suck big time. And I read an article that said this person traded up one red paperclip all the way up to buying a house. And I want to dissect that article and see if he actually did it. So, uh, for the last time today, I'm asking you to please always lose your fear and find your voice, and we'll see you next time.